0: Sorry about that.
1: Children's Church, if you would like to go to there. And if you're visiting with us, we do have a nursery and a children's church available for you. Just follow the masses. Something Ted didn't mention uh, when he was talking about yesterday, we had close to 70 people. That uh, was out there with us. I think when we walked down to the river to to go and do the baptismal ceremony, just about everyone else there was watching, trying to figure out where they should be going. That everybody else seems to be going.
0: Uh, it's quite a
1: long line going across the bridge and down the riverbank. And but we had a we had a wonderful time. Yeah, we uh, not only in fellowship, but uh, having the time of baptism too. That was that was special. So. We're continuing to work through the summer series that we are in on spiritual disciplines. Give me a second to get things straightened out here. I know you probably think I do all this by memory, but I can guarantee you I do not. So I have to have my notes here uh, at a point where I can read them and uh, try not to go off on too many rabbit trails, which I have been known to do. Let's open in prayer. Father, again, we come to you just thanking you for today, thanking for you for yesterday, and Lord, seeing your hand working on lives here at Redwood Christian Fellowship and in our extended family, throughout our, our families and community. Lord, we, we love you. We thank you. We, we need you. We need you and your Holy Spirit now as we enter your word. Lord, I pray that you will help me as I, as I teach, as I navigate through the text that we are going through, that you will help me to be accurate, that the truth will be taught, Lord, that your word will go out and accomplish what you desire to accomplish today, that you will grow your children, and that you will save the lost. We thank you. For all that you do for us, in Jesus' name, amen. So we're continuing our series. We've been on it, kind of a sub-series, if you will, for the summer. We have four more topics that we'll be covering, including today's. You may be asking yourself, why should these spiritual disciplines be important to me? What's the big deal with spiritual disciplines? Hopefully by now you're beginning to understand what some of those spiritual disciplines are. I'll help you a little more today. But why should spiritual disciplines be important to me? Why should they be important to you? Is this just another thing that I have to do because I'm a Christian? Is it something more that I have to put in my busy day, in my busy life? Well, if you're a Christian... I would say yes, but with an explanation. We are to regularly pursue the spiritual disciplines. We're called to that. We're told to do that. And if, and if for some reason you don't feel you have the time in your, your day or your life to be able to pursue them, these are the things that need to remain and something else needs to go. You're too busy. And you need to work on that. Donald Whitney, in the book that we've been recommending to you, called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, which there are a couple copies out there if you're interested in this, wrote the spiritual disciplines are those personal and corporate disciplines that promote spiritual growth. They are the habits of devotion and experiential Christianity that have been practiced by the people of God since biblical times. Spiritual disciplines are not new, nor are they just for the individual. It's not intended just to be something that you do or you do to benefit from it or, or, or realize any blessing from it by yourself all the time. It's also intended to be a corporate, uh, as, a, as a community uh, involved in it. So the the first sentence there, again, is the spiritual disciplines or those personal and corporate disciplines that promote spiritual growth. There are many disciplines of Christian living. Some we've looked at already through this series. Scripture intake, prayer, evangelism, community, repentance, worship, stewardship, And this morning we'll be looking at serving. This is by no means intended to be an exhaustive list. There's many types of disciplines. And that book actually is something that if you're seeking to try to figure out what some of them are, that would be a good start to point you in that direction. But the pursuit of spiritual disciplines is more about purpose than the practice of any one discipline. It's the the reason why that's more important than the actual doing. Although that is important because you won't get to the reason why otherwise. And that purpose is godliness. It's holiness. God has said in the Old and New Testaments that we are to be holy because He is holy. But we know that in this body, in the flesh, we will never be able to fully accomplish this, but that doesn't release us from the obligation and the responsibility of pursuing holiness. It's still a daily, regular endeavor. Paul calls it a race. Paul calls it a struggle. It's work, but it is something we are called to do. Praise God that when He calls all true believers into His presence at the end of this age, all believers will be conformed or changed to the image of Christ. While we can't reach that in this age, we can in the next, and we will in the next. Because God will change us and conform us to the image of Christ. That is, that we'll be made like Christ in ultimate and complete sanctification. And that's God's work. And that's what He will He will um, accomplish for us. Pursuing godliness can only be done by using the God-given means of the spiritual disciplines with the power and the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't do it by ourselves, just like we can't do anything by ourselves, especially something looking at trying to be more holy, we need God to help us do that. and For God to continue changing us and His power in our lives. Today I want to look at the discipline of serving. Now this is not just the use of your spiritual gifts, which we've talked about in the past, but it does include the use of your spiritual gifts. So when we're talking about serving, I'm not talking about just identifying what your spiritual gift or gifts are, which is great. You should know what your spiritual gifts are. And then trying to use them in, in the body. It's more than that. Serving could be things like preaching or teaching, ushering, greeting at the door, serving on the worship team. Things like that, especially inside the walls of the church. Those are types of things that would be serving. And again, there's many more. These are just some of the more public, um, out-front type positions and things that are being done. But more, than likely, and more likely than not, it will be the upkeep of the property and the buildings, the remodeling of buildings, the serving in children's church or in the nursery sending cards out to shut-ins or praying faithfully for your brothers and sisters, taking a meal to a family who's sick or is recovering from surgery, driving someone to a doctor's appointment. Any opportunity to serve those who are part of our church community. That's part of what serving is all about. But there's an outside component to this service. It's not something that's exclusive to The church community. We're to serve also people outside this church. Serving those who aren't part of the church community many times aren't Christians at all. It might be mowing a lawn for a widow in your neighborhood. It might be taking some groceries to someone that can't make it to the store. Helping to helping the poor at a shelter or at a food bank, volunteering at the hospital, doing some of the aforementioned activities of part of the body outside the church. Many of those things could be done for people outside these walls also, babysitting for a neighbor who needs a little time to themselves many many ways that you can be involved in serving to people who are outside the church. This discipline includes all the many types of things that are done by Christians to meet a need that they've learned about, regardless if it's for Christian or non-Christian. Let's look together at a passage. Uh, Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I I'd like to read a few verses here when you get there. Ephesians chapter 2. It says in verse 1, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When we're saved, we are called to serve God and to serve others. To do good works. Scripture is full of examples of God's people doing good works to those in the church and those who are not. We're called to be the salt of the earth. We're called to be the light of the world. How do we do this if not by good works? It cannot be by being saved and sitting on our high horse and let everyone see how pious we are. That's not being salt. That's not being a light. That's being an embarrassment. No, it's by living a godly life, obeying and serving God and serving other people, doing good works. That's how we're the salt of the earth. That's how we're the light. By taking opportunities to be able to serve others around us. We are to serve others. In fact, I believe the Bible goes so far as to say that if you think you're saved and you don't do good works, then you probably ought to be taking a closer look at what salvation is all about. We are to be doers of the word, not hearers only, that we find in James chapter 1. If we read and hear the word of God, but don't carry them out, don't put them into action, then our faith is hallowed. It's lacking. James Montgomery Boyce wrote in his book, Foundations of the Christian Faith, he said, the presence of good works in a Christian's life is one evidence of salvation. We think differently than we did before our conversion and seek to serve others in ways that would never have occurred to us before. Not only are you a different person when you become saved, you do things for a different reason than you did before you were saved. Jesus exampled serving others during His earthly ministry for us. He had compassion for people. Read the Gospels. He healed the blind. He made the mute to speak. He cast out demons. He restored life. And while he does save some of those that he helped, he didn't save all of them. So why did he do what he was doing? At least Scripture doesn't give us any indication that all these people that he touched were saved. And I think that's for a reason that that is the case. So he was serving others to meet needs out of compassion and love for the people but i also think he was showing his disciples and us how we should also live jesus didn't do anything just for the sake of of doing there's always a purpose and that purpose primarily leads to us having an example of what we should be seeking to do We've mentioned a couple weeks ago that the elders this summer are reading and discussing a book together entitled "Ministries of Mercy." And while I think that we're pretty generous here, and we do serve, there's many things that are going on uh, throughout the week as part of Redwood Christian Fellowship and the various individuals that make up this church. There's still a lot of service that can be done. There's still a lot of things that can be done. Jesus is our example. We can look at his life, we can look at what he did and how he did it and why he did it to understand better what we should be doing. Hopefully as we go forward and finish the book that we are working on. We'll be doing this throughout the summer. There'll be other opportunities to talk to you about what we've been learning. Doing good works helps us to grow in the Christian life. It helps us to look at ourselves before others, to be compassionate and loving to our fellow man, to take the focus off of us and to consider others. Remember what Jesus said that the greatest commandments are to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? It's anyone other than yourself. It's a Pretty easy way to look at it. So when we serve, we are not only helping someone with a need, but God uses our experiences to help us to grow individually, uh, more uh, spiritually, and it helps us as a corporate body. This is one of the things I think that we do see the benefit of as a corporate body when there is service taking place throughout our day and night. This is one of the reasons why I asked 1 Corinthians 13 to be read. One, it's a a very encouraging and lovely chapter. But the other is for us to be able to serve with the proper motivation, it helps us to understand from a biblical standpoint what love is. And I think that chapter helps us to do that. Doing good works is a blessing to those that we serve. And when we serve others, we're serving Christ, which is one of the things we are called to do, to serve God, but to serve others. We accomplish both when we do good works. Listen to what Matthew 25 says. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and when you gave—I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Jesus is blessed through our service to others, and if He is. And so is the recipient. So is the person that we are serving. This is not to say that serving others will be fun or without discomfort. In fact, many times it may be hard work. There will be sacrifice. There will probably eventually be sorrow and grief. It will take time. It takes commitment. It may involve using your resources, such as your money. It will definitely take some of your time resources. You may grow weary. But there's no work more satisfying or rewarding than service to others. Service to God while serving others is never done in vain. It will endure into eternity as this passage in Matthew 25 tells us. So even though others may not know, and that's probably good because other people know that helps work on our um, pride. But when things are done and you're really accomplishing something and doing good works and meeting a need and you're doing it because you want to serve God and serve others and you do it in that First Corinthians love definition and As a compassion for people, then God sees that and He knows your heart, and it will endure into eternity. And doing good works brings glory to our Father. We can only pursue holiness with His help. We can only do spiritual disciplines with His strength. We can only meet needs of others. By his grace. As we serve, we bring glory to God. This is not to say that everyone that we serve will become a Christian. That's, I was going to say that's not necessarily the reason we're doing it, but you would like to think that that person might come to know Christ through that. But I think we'll see that they may never come to know Christ as their Lord. Don't worry about that. That's the Holy Spirit's business. That's His work, not yours. But some may. Some will come to know Christ because of your good works and your interaction in their lives and your involvement in their lives. Think how much more of a blessing it would be to witness a spiritual change of someone's heart as you're working with them and and serving them and helping them. So I encourage each of us to reevaluate how we are serving. How are you serving? How am I serving? If you've not helped someone recently, ask God to bring a need to your attention and to give you the grace to try to meet it. We have a mercy ministry here that we use frequently with meals and other things. Uh, if you'd like to start with that, we can always use more people on that list. Talk to Kathy Schlerf and get on the mercy ministry. Uh, with the Abishons uh, coming back from surgery, we'll probably be needing meals again very soon. So that's a very easy way to to serve. Volunteer with the children's ministry if you're not doing that. If you come into the property in the morning and look at the weeds and the grass on the sidewalk and you sit there and go, why doesn't somebody clean that up? (laughs) Which, to be honest with you, I do almost every day since I live up the road. (laughs) Then drop in one day and pull the weeds. Come and help out. We can use your help. Find a neighbor that could use a hand and help them out just because you want to be a good neighbor. In fact, Christians should be the best neighbors that anybody has. Every neighborhood should be sitting there going, I sure am blessed to have that that Christian family down the road. Unfortunately, that's not the case many times. But don't be that person. Be the one that they'll be saying, Oh, that's a good family down there. They're always helping us out. They're always doing things to make life good. Be the light on the hilltop. Be the salt of the earth. Start in your own neighborhood. Whitney closes his chapter on serving with a mock job ad that goes like this. Want it. Gifted volunteer for difficult service in the local expression of the kingdom of God. Motivation to serve should be obedience to God, gratitude, gladness, forgiveness, humility, and love. Service will rarely be glorious. Temptation to quit place of service will sometimes be strong. Volunteers must be faithful in spite of long hours little or no visible results, and possibly no recognition except from God in eternity. That's what we're calling you to. That's what God is calling us to. Is doing good works and serving. This is what we're called to. And I call on you to be faithful to your calling. Pursue the spiritual disciplines. Pursue holiness. And this includes serving others. So let's celebrate together in communion as we close. And as the music is going, feel free to join in with the song, but this might also be an opportunity for you to sit quietly in your chair and have some reflection, have a time of prayer, have a time of communion with God. If that happens, I'm sure the worship team will just sing for you. But uh, hold your, uh, as the elements are passed out, just hold them. We're going to celebrate together at the end. And ushers, if you can come forward and take care of that. Worship team, please.
0: love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is written on His hands. My name is. and tempts me to despair and excels me of the guilt within upward I look and steal there who made an end of all my sin because a sinless Savior died my sinful soul him pardon me to look on him
1: It's a blessing to be able to follow in obedience to the two ordinances in the same weekend that the Lord has established, baptism yesterday, and uh, being part of that communion today as we do every Sunday. And uh, it's part of our time of worship, it's part of our time of fellowship with each other, and it's our time of fellowship with God. And Jesus established it just before he died. And he says, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body. Eat together. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink together. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And that's our hope in the future when he calls us home. We hope that you have a few minutes after the service to join us. We have some cake in the back and different types of refreshments. Come and join us for a little bit. But before we do any of that, I would like to make a point of asking if there's anybody who is uh, interested in knowing about Christ. Maybe you're not a Christian, but you've been hearing something that you uh, would like more information on or uh, finding out what baptism is, or being baptized, or church membership, which is another thing that we want to make sure you know that we do have a church membership here, and if you're interested in that, we'd like to talk to you about it. Um, Please grab one of the elders right after the service. We'd love to talk to you and give you more information and uh, see where you're at and uh, maybe set that up for you. But uh, for Rebecca, welcome to the fellowship. You've already been uh, part of the church, ministering and, and uh, loving us. And uh, we welcome you to uh, the fellowship. <laughs> so let's uh, dismiss the last song and we'll...
0: that You have given, or the promise of Your Word. Lord, I stand in wonder of the sacrifice You made. Mercy be. Lord of heaven, I do not deserve the grace that you have given for the promise of your Your love is deeper than any ocean. to you today. I'd like to meet all of you, if (laughs) possible, so I will try to say hello to